The portal, the beauty, the glimpse. Thank you for making the greatest decision of your life. This is Long Story Short, a podcast by our stories at the University of Utah. We're here to share student stories and update you on all the most important info about the U. I'm your host, Talmadge White, and we're coming at you from sunny Salt Lake City. This week, we are interviewing Sky Jack Morgan, a dedicated vegan, animal rights activist, and YouTuber. Skyjack Morgan, hailing from the sunny shores of Southern California, is not your average guest. With a passion for all things animal-related and a mission to spread awareness, he is more than just a YouTuber. He is an unwavering animal rights advocate who has dedicated his life to the welfare of our furry and feather friends. As a popular YouTuber, Sky's channel is a hub for educational content on veganism, animal rights, and the importance of sustainable living. His dynamic storytelling and charismatic presence has garnered a dedicated following, making him a prominent figure in the online vegan community. But it's not just about the camera for Sky. When he's not spreading his message through videos, you can often find him strumming away on his guitar. His love for music is just as heartfelt as his commitment to animals, and it adds an extra layer of depth to his unique persona. Currently, Skyjack Morgan is on tour with PETA's Abduction Tour captivating initiative that takes the message of animal rights to cities across the nation. This tour is more than just an event. It's a powerful movement to change the world for the better. When Sky talks, people listen. Tune into the podcast to hear his thoughts on veganism, animal rights, and his incredible journey as an activist and YouTuber. Get ready for a passionate and enlightening discussion that will leave you inspired to make a positive change in the world. Hey guys, so we're doing an episode this week on the animal rights movement and PETA. Um, I'm here with Sky Morgan, and yeah, so it's good to it's good to have you here, Sky. And uh, let's just jump right in. So let's do it. Okay, awesome. So could you tell me a little bit about why you're here at the University of Utah this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're traveling actually coast to coast with uh, what we call the PETA abduction tour. It's actually PETA two. Some of your listeners might be familiar with PETA. PETA 2 is our youth outreach, uh, raising awareness about animal rights yeah. branch. It's uh, usually geared towards people between 15 and 25. And um, it's like that nice nice guy activism, I like to say. Yeah. We're, we're bringing information, raising awareness. Uh, you won't see me with a megaphone out there or anything like that. Uh, so what we're doing, we're going from coast to coast with a mobile VR studio and um, hoping to put people in the place of animals in laboratories. And we're only visiting campuses that actually have animal laboratories on Mm, campus. Yeah, right. Well, and that's something that I found out, you know, when we met the other day, because I I saw, you know, the the PETA, the abduction uh, truck, rather, right? and uh, mm-hmm. that with the alien, with the I don't want to spoil too much of what the VR experience is, but it's really cool, and uh, you know, it has elements of um, really you're getting abducted by aliens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the idea, the yeah. conceit is that the aliens are another species that are more intelligent and have more intelligent than we are, and have yeah. uh, better technology than we do, and so they've been watching what we do to animals, and they're going to do kind of the same experiments on us. These curiosity experiments, which are typically the most kind of egregious or offensive uh, experiments that humans do on animals, are these just for the just for the funsies type of uh, of experiments. Things that yeah. well, I just want to know what it's like to bash a, a monkey in the head to see if yeah. if he develops uh, violent tendencies, or I right. just want to de- deprive a monkey of sleep to see if 
his cognitive abilities decline, which these are pretty obvious. We know that we know the answers to those questions, but yeah. um, we still we still subject animals to these tortures. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a really impactful VR experiment. Yeah. You know? right? And it was it was really I used to be a huge alien fanatic too <laughs> in high school. So for me, I was like, oh wow, I had never thought about. You know, um, speciesism is kind of what it's called, right? Right. The idea of feeling like, you know, other species are inferior to your own to where you can do testing on them. Yeah. I never really viewed it through that lens. Um, How would you describe speciesism? Well, speciesism, another way you could say is human supremacy. The idea that there's this hierarchy of animals and they're here with us, not for us. Yeah. Uh, PETA will say that the the first line of the PETA um, credo is that the... Animals are not here for us to experiment on. They're not ours to experiment on. And it's, I think it's really clear when you say it out loud, everyone agrees. And yet we're constantly coming up with excuses as to why it's okay to use animals that didn't consent to this. Yeah. They've got nothing to do with, uh, with our problems. They, right. they didn't do any, they don't, they don't have anything to do with our, with any of our issues. And yet we kind of enlist them and into, um, into helping us. Well, we say that they're helping us, but 95 to 97% of everything we do to animals ends up failing in humans. So mm, wow, it, it's just bad science at the end of the day too. Yeah. Well, and I did verify that, you know, you kind of talked about the fact that, you know, you're really only going to campuses that do animal testing, mm-hmm. raising awareness for students to lead initiatives to end the animal testing. Um, I did verify that the U does testing on monkeys actually, yeah. and monkeys have died, um, died on campus as a result of these experiments, as well as dogs, cats, um, um, mice and rats, you know, um, what, do, what do these animal experiments look like usually? What, what are most animal, te- what is most animal testing? Well, you know, people tend to think about animal testing in ways like we're testing medication or something like that on them. Yeah. But that's usually not the case when it comes to campuses. It's you, the, the, generally what they're trying to do is publish papers, get funding, the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, they, they, they uh, $18 billion are given to campuses to test on animals. Now, if you think about that, $18 billion a year is a lot of money. Yeah. And every time I look up through the Freedom of Information Act, we have uh, resources on the PETA website. And it's usually like five years old as to how much money these campuses have gotten, but it's always in the hundreds of millions. Hmm. So what happens is a professor or a student or somebody trying to publish a paper or and, and, and they feel forced to do it too. I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to mitigate the trauma to the humans either. The humans who are forced into or coerced or just tricked into thinking that this is necessary, yeah. they're traumatized as well. There's a wonderful movie called, um, a documentary called Test Subjects that I really recommend checking out. It's a short film. It won a BAFTA and it's mm. interviews with people who are, who have had to go through this as human, the human part of it. Yeah. Now, um, what does it look like? It's you Usually these, we were in um, Madison, uh, just a, I don't know, now it's it's maybe two weeks ago, we were in Madison, Wisconsin, and they're kind of famous for, um, for torturing animals. Mm. And while we were there, they had just ordered um, marmoset monkeys. Now, the plans with this marmoset monkey, uh, kind of this group of marmosets that they've gotten. And if you, do you know what a marmoset looks like? They're hella cute. Yeah, super cute. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when, it, when I tell you what they're going to do to these marmosets, yeah. it's an affront to, uh, to your humanity. Yeah, so right. 
They're going to deprive them of food and water in order to make mm-hmm. them docile and uh, willing to do tricks for them or, uh, you know, finish tasks. Yeah. Then they're going to deprive them of sleep. Every 15 minutes, they're going to play a screeching noise to deprive the marmosets of sleep and then assign them these tasks and see whether or not their cognitive abilities are affected by sleep deprivation. Mm. But you're a college student. You know if you've ever pulled an all-nighter, the exam the next day is harder, right? right? We know the answer to that question. So why are they doing it? Money. It's money. It's launching careers. It's publishing papers. You prefer to publish or perish. That's really the, the, the impetus behind this for the people conducting the experiments. And yeah. and it's it's not enough anymore just to say I, for, it's for the money. Like the more we're aware of these things, the m- I've never met someone who's just like, oh, that seems necessary. I've ne- I'm not one, not one yeah. student on this journey. I've been doing this for two months, going campus to campus. Not one has been like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, right. Well, so you're with Peter right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the animal test part of this picture. Um, what is... What else is PETA doing? Um, you know, there's there's kind of the veganism side of it, right? right. Um, I'd love to just kind of get more of a glimpse on what PETA does and what PETA represents to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think before we do that, if you don't mind, yes. I'd like to offer that um, PETA two and PETA they we have we we employ scientists and we work with the scientific community and we've created the research modernization deal, which is to take us out of the Stone Age, take us mm. out of the 18th century where we're testing on these animals like yeah. it's like it's 18th century Scotland or something, right, yeah. and we have modern. Uh, not to get too deep into it, but there's organs on ships. There's there's mm. AI models. There's all sorts of things that we already know about. We have alternatives to this kind of archaic, brutal way of of, of advancing science, quote yeah. unquote. Right. There we have ways to actually advance science, and um, PETA has worked and created a research modernization deal that the EPA loves, the NIH seems to like. And um, anybody listening to this can text the word abduct to 30933 and sign a petition to say we want our Congress people, our lawmakers to adopt the uh, research modernization deal and take us out of the Stone Age. Wow, yeah. So there's something going on right now that's actionable that students can do with PETA, right? Yes. And I mean, it does sound like a lot of what's happening in the scientific community, um, it is just so tied in with money, even in our government organizations, right? Like what Mm -hmm. they'll fund, you know, obviously has biases a lot of the time. Um, So it's good to hear that there is initiatives to stopping this, right? Yeah, Um, and that the campus campus political will is so much stronger than in, students tend to think like their opinion doesn't matter. It's completely the opposite. In Boulder, campus, uh, campus political will changed it so that Students are no longer penalized for opting out of dissecting animals as uh, in their undergraduate studies. That's a huge deal. Yeah. That saves lots of lives. And it's only because students took the, the couple seconds to sign a petition. Yeah, wow. Well, so I'm curious to hear your perspective on, because with, with this podcast, long story short, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. we're usually interviewing um, a lot of professors who work on campus or people involved in the Salt Lake community. I'm curious from your perspective, going campus to campus and doing this this tour, right? Mm. Um, what have been maybe some inspiring moments or what reaction you've gotten from stu- from the student communities around the I'm, country? I feel like I feel truly 
I'm, I'm honored and, and blessed because I went vegan when I was in college and it was because I said that I was against violence and oppression and yeah. someone pointed out to me well and this is you know the internet was around but we didn't have the we didn't have and not everyone had a camera attached to their phone back then you know what I mean yeah and so we we have so we have such a greater ability now to see what's wrong in the world and we have right. so much more an ability to do something about it um, I wish someone had come to my campus and were talking about animal rights and 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 why violence toward animals is wrong yeah um, I think we all inherently know that but we don't realize it's being carried out on our behalf and that's something that I see a lot in the uh, every campus I go to they they know it's wrong but they don't even know what's happening on their campuses people listening to this right now are going WTF yeah I did not know that you was testing on these animals I didn't know that right and I that mean, is, that's where I was at right yeah. just a day ago yeah and even the campuses who are famous for testing on animals yeah the student body doesn't know yeah now why is that it's on their website it's on the deep. You can go to you can go to the website. Every yeah. every campus that tests on animals has to have a, what's called a care and use page, and, mm. and it's it's there. And it's yeah. it's a it's a bit it's a bit haunting. They'll always mention uh, polio and um, the polio vaccine and insulin. Seventy five year old tech that was yeah they did use animals to find those things, but seventy five years ago we think we might be able to do better than they did seventy five years yeah, ago. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is that billions of dollars. And this isn't just a campus problem. Billions of dollars are being spent to keep us ignorant of what's actually happening in slaughterhouses, in labs, in horse racing facilities, in dog breeding facilities. Anytime a dollar sign is assigned to another being, brutality ensues. Mm, Yeah. And what they do, they, they spend a lot of money keeping us from knowing those things. But it's not hard to find it. It's, yeah. it's not hard it's, to. It's out there. It's well, out there. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good to know. I'm, and I feel like I'm really on board with ending, you know, animal testing. Um, I do want to find out more about veganism. I'm someone who eats meat and tries to, you know, I try not to eat too much. Mm. Um, but I'm intrigued with the idea of potentially becoming vegetarian or vegan or even trying it out for myself. Um and, you know, I do want to preface this for our listeners. Like, obviously, if you're changing your eating, like, um, you know, check with your doctor and, you know, uh, make sure it works for you. Um, but I do want to kind of go more into the ethics of veganism and kind of hear your perspective on, you know, um, if someone's looking to become vegan, what, what what resources can they access for vegan meals or um, or how should they go about, you know, um, how, how would you vegan? recommend? Yeah, how, how, <laughs> how, how, how to, to go, go vegan. vegan. Yeah. Um, well, okay, well, First of all, I love what you just said. A lot of people, I would be remiss in ignoring the fact that many people are a little bit afraid of changing their diets because we've been culturally conditioned to uh, all of us. I was born in America. Yeah. I grew up with hamburgers and, and I grew ate McDonald's Happy Meals when I was a kid, you know. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then as we grow up, we start having to make these decisions, these moral decisions that maybe – Maybe our, our culture and our parents, they, they might have fallen short a little bit only because they, they too have been victims. We're entrenched in a system of oppression and all of us are victims. Now, the ones in the slaughterhouses are the ones really bearing the brunt. They're the real victims, yeah. obviously. But um, 
how to go vegan. PETA has tons of resources, and they're not the only organization, but PETA has a great resource. I, I forget the number, but you can text the word mentor. It's in the guide to going vegan. Anybody can go online and get a free guide to going vegan. Yeah, cool. Um, it's, it's completely, PETA, uh, there's there's a vegan organization on, um, the Vegan Club on campus has, has those guides to going vegan, and in it, there's numbers you can dial with paid professional nutritionists to, to guide you through all of that. And I don't want to mitigate anyone's fear about that. I know when you're born in America and you've been told every day of your life you've got to drink milk and eat eggs, which think about what that means. I've got to drink yeah. the, the, the breast milk of another species in order to stay alive. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. I've got to eat the flesh of the living in order to stay alive. Are you a zombie now? It doesn't make, sense. That doesn't make no sense. So, <laughs> But we've been convinced of those things. Yeah. It's such a part of our culture, yeah. The average American sees over 100 ads for flesh, for animal flesh, every single day. Yeah. That's, you're, you're not, your little, your little chimp brain <laughs> is not prepared for that onslaught yeah. every day. And they know it. They're spending billions of dollars to keep, to keep that going. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, Guy, um, you know... Here, we, could, we could edit, and if you want to get another chair, so that's all right. I just I hit the thing. Um, so I'm curious, you know, with what you're doing right now with PETA, I think a lot of students on campus that I've talked with, they're really interested in working with nonprofits when they, you know, um, graduate college, and um, and kind of going on that path. You know, um, I'm curious what this path has been like for you. You know, you mentioned you went vegan in college. Um, since then. How have you gotten to where you are today um, in the animal rights movement and um, and the other things that you do? Yeah, thank you. I um, so I did go vegan and to how to go vegan. Uh, every every morning I wake up and I realize I don't have to use anybody else. Yeah. Uh, if if I'm against slavery, I don't think any animal should own any other animal. It's not just people owning people. It's animals. I'm an animal. I don't think we should own any other animal. And I just have to. I I I make I make adjustments according to that. It's not. I want to dispel the myth that veganism is about what you eat, right? Mm. It is about not wearing animals, about not using animals. Um, and so once you have that mindset, it's a revolutionary mindset. Angela yeah. Davis, a famous, uh, you know, one of the founders of the, uh, the Black Panther movement, mm. she said that veganism is part of a revolutionary mindset, saying I'm, I'm not okay with the status quo of, of oppression. Yeah. And um, when you take that stance, you're going to have a different life. Life, right then because the, you're you're going against the grain you're get you're swimming against the against the stream a little bit a lot I should say and that's yeah. probably the hardest part is that all of a sudden people you thought also were about truth justice anti-oppression you start going well aren't you you're not in you're no you're not I mm. thought you were you're not supporting me in these decisions like I'm the crazy one mm. um, so what do you do? You yeah. try to live a normal life. So I lived in I, I lived and worked in um, in hospitality. So I opened mm, a cool. restaurant. I worked at MGM Grand. I ran their uh, beverage program there, and uh, I worked at Waldorf Astoria and St. Regis. I've worked at these high end um, yeah. hospitality, and I always felt that I was like a secret activist because mm. 2005 go vegan. My whole career, I felt like my goal in life is to get vegan options onto menus. That was my, yeah, cool. like the secret activist, right? Yeah. Like in the boardroom. A lot of people didn't even know I was vegan. Yeah. And I would say, okay, we need to get this onto the menu for XYZ reasons. Lots of different reasons why to do it. Um, often couched with like a economic solution. Yeah. 
But oh. yeah, but so that's how that's how it was. Then the pandemic hit, and um, a lot of a lot of people I knew died. My mom died, mm, and sorry. yeah, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. And you know, I don't know. My mom was only twenty three years older than me, and I and I said, "Geez, if I'm gonna twenty three years, if that's all I have left." I want to take this one thing seriously. I want to be a real activist. I don't want to just be um, secret activist or online. Because I had a YouTube channel and yeah. I had a, I had a um, Instagram and I did that type of stuff, you know. Yeah. And sometimes with the, usually without my face because I didn't want people knowing, and um, <laughs> or I would do a mar I do a march here and there, but so I, I always was active. But I wanted to be full time activist. Totally. And take this GoPro. I've been doing this for so long now. I feel like I can answer any question. I feel like I can really do true outreach. Yeah. Reach some open minds. And where where are the open minds? They're on campuses mostly. Yeah, right. And so when I saw this, I was doing my YouTube channel. It's called Vegan, of course, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Quick plug. Vegan, of course. Yeah. And um, and it's a it's a channel for vegans. And when I saw this opportunity to go to college campuses and talk to students, and I realized that's exactly my my focus on my YouTube channel is often how um, that that part in someone's life where someone is a vegan and they're caring about justice and they're starting to think about ethics. Yeah. How do those people become activists at all? Right. And here I was, like, kind of a I wasn't a secret act. I shouldn't say that because I was pretty. But anyway, I was not as active as I wanted to be. Yeah. You get me. And so when I saw this opportunity, I'm like, I'm doing it. And I, I, uh, I told my girlfriend, I'm going on the road for three months. Yeah. And I'm not going to be home for three months. Yeah. And, uh, and I did get to go home because I spoke at the animal rights panel at SoCal Veg Fest back in I'm from California. It's back in California. Cool. It was an honor. Um. But yeah, I'm in a truck with a mobile VR studio traveling yeah. and talking to people like yourself. Yeah, awesome. And I find it truly rewarding. And some people are saying, oh, I'm going to try this veganism. I'm like, oh, you give me so much to think about. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about, sowing seeds. And, yeah. And, and maybe maybe creating a tiny, a tiny piece of conflict in people's souls when it comes to how they're looking at... Um, how they're looking at the world, really. It's a, it's a whole worldview shift. Oh, 100%. So with PETA, I really think what, you know, the what abduct um, this this new VR experience, yeah. it's really innovative, and it's made me curious about how PETA um, will advertise and market, you know, the idea of being vegan and other, you know, initiatives that PETA is leading. Um, what are your thoughts on how these innovative ways that PETA... Um, the PETA gets themselves out there, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes it can be controversial, um, and I'm curious to just hear your thoughts on on that process. Totally. Yeah. You know, I like to think, so first of all, PETA's been around since 1980, and have they made some missteps? You know, one could argue that, but I would say it's always been controversial. If you think about any social justice movement, you're talking about controversial things. Yeah. You're taking a controversial topic should we eat animals aristotle people think that this is a new th aristotle yeah. was calling animals slaves and he had a vested interest in the status quo and he defended the position of animals as slaves this isn't a new idea philosophers have been wrestling with this and addressing it and coming up with different ideas about it if you yeah. if you but i mean people still quote descartes that was you know the 18th century i think i mean that was a long time ago yeah and so the fact that PETA is trying to shake you awake sometimes, 
shouldn't come as a shock because mm-hmm. I guess maybe it should definitely absolutely come as a shock, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It shouldn't be surprising. Right, yeah. Because the idea is to shock you awake. Yeah. Because if PETA is taking... And, and I would say the entire animal rights movement, but PETA's the biggest one, so it, yeah. it, it makes sense to talk about that, about us, and now that I'm a part of that, um, yeah. that they're using all of the tools in the tool shed. Mm. People like to say, well, if you asked differently or if you did a different type of activism, you would have different results. Every type of activism that you can think of PETA is doing. Right. They're 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 talking to Congress people getting laws passed. They're asking nicely. They're sending people like me to have low volume conversations with people. You yeah. know, nice guy activism. We're also doing the shouting. We're also mm. doing the yelling. We're also doing um, television commercials. We're doing billboards. Sometimes we have to use the real language without euphemism. Euphemism hides the plight of these animals. Mm. Yeah. If, if if you were if you were in a cage right now, and let me let me add the reason why you don't want to be in a cage is because you're an animal. No animal wants to be in a cage. Yeah, we forget we're animals too. That's right? why you yeah. love freedom. Yeah, freedom. Every animal wants to be free. The reason why you love freedom is because you're an animal, mm. not because you're human. It's an interesting. Yeah, I mean, human's just a name of an it's animal. It's a perspective to put on, and I, I, it's great, you know. And so, if you were in a cage. Talmadge, and you were in a cage, how would you like me to advocate for you? How would you like me to go out and try to get you out of that cage? Yeah. Wouldn't you, it wouldn't matter to you, would you? Whatever I could do, you'd want me to do it. Right, yeah. Well, it seems to me that, you know, PETA does take the nonviolent protesting, right, and in as many directions as they can to get attention, to really help animals who don't have a voice, you know? Um, And it's really commendable, you know? And I think that it's worth bringing up you know, the controversies, um, you know, of, of how more so just on a rhetoric kind of perspective on how yeah. these issues can be addressed and best addressed. Um, but I do really I do like the the idea of kind of getting going into animals perspectives for a minute saying, hey, we're animals, too. Right. And what does that entail? What does that mean? Um, so when you were you did the um, you did the abduction. Yes, and yeah. So uh, for everyone who hasn't heard, you're abducted by aliens and the aliens have been watching what we're doing and they're going to do it to us. How did you feel while you were in the uh, yeah, in the it, VR? Was, it was a very interesting experience. Um, I. For me, aliens, like when we're going into like horror movie type tropes and, and sci-fi, you know, aliens are so scary to me. <laughs> yeah, those big black right, eyes right, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was kind of interesting to see. Um, I wouldn't usually relate aliens to the animal rights movement, you know, but to kind of have an idea of, oh, there's animals that are more powerful than us. I think that's a really scary idea to humans too, right? Yeah. To think we're animals, that's scary. But then to think like, oh, we're not in control of everything. That's really scary too. Um, so really effective marketing and, and it's an art form too, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's up for an award, a shorty award. Oh, it's like cool. a short film, yeah. short, and it's, I forget, yeah, uh, we just, I don't know if we won yet, but the uh, the voting just closed. So I hope we won the award. It'd be really kind of, yeah. it'd be a huge honor for, to be a part of the project. Yeah, uh, already cool. it's a huge honor to be a part of the project, but it'd be, I mean, it's really nice to win awards, right? Yeah. Um, but what you said, like that resonates with me because that's the thing that really hit me when I was in the VR because it's not a game. I don't yeah. have controllers. And neither does the baby monkey who's been stolen from his mother. Yeah. And they look up at the, you look up at these big aliens and they're really taller than you are. And you're small all of a sudden. I'm a tall guy. I'm 6'5". Yeah. And so for me in this like tiny little, I'm in this, I, all of a sudden I'm short. I'm looking at these big aliens. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do. And at the end, the guy is like begging for help. And there's, 
You can't help him. Yeah. It's very haunting, I would say. You know, very effective. Um, And it's lead me to ask a lot of, you know, these questions about animal rights to myself. Um, You know, and one thing I do want to go into, you know, um, before we wrap up, kind of speaking about art forms and marketing, you know. um, You know, we talked about your YouTube channel. Um, I'm curious to hear... You know, because this is something, this podcast is something that's been new for me. I've just been doing it for a couple semesters. Um, so it's been interesting to kind of, you know, get into media to some extent. Um, and I think to some extent, a lot of, you know, um, you know, the current generations, you know, are like my generation. I think a lot of people are in media just with social media. Mm-hmm. right? That's one perspective. Born um, yeah. So I'm curious for you what that's been like to what, you know, I'd love to hear more about your YouTube channel and, and what it's been like to um, to spread the word about veganism and animal rights through those methods. Absolutely. So um, one thing to say about animal rights is that people ask a lot about like, what is animal rights, right? Let me just define it really quickly. Because what we're talking about, people say, rights for animals. Uh, we're, we're talking about what's called negative rights, and all of the philosophy majors will know what I mean, but it's basically your freedom from things to hap- happening to you, your freedom from uh, confinement, freedom from torture, freedom from rape, freedom from enslavement, freedom from all of the things that we all agree because we can f- experience suffering and joy we understand what it is we could put each other we could put i could put myself in your shoes and understand that if you're confined that's not a good thing right it's a social contract type of situation right right? yeah so uh, that's that's all animal rights really is um people tend to get confused about that for some reason i don't know why because it's Mm. literally as americans it's in our friggin you know life liberty pursuit of happiness right like it's it's in what we stand for yeah definitely so uh it's a pretty modest proposal to say that it's for the uh that animals have the same animals have those rights i'm not we're not giving it to them animals have those inalienable rights that we're taking we're actively taking it away from them so through the youtube channel i decided i wanted to make rather than it be outreach i do end up getting in conversations with people about the kind of the nitty-gritty because there are some gray areas or weird you know insider baseball stuff so i wanted to talk with vegans um people who have already said i'm not down with this yeah what now? Um, and I remember when I went vegan, there, I, all of a sudden you're answering a million questions, people who are basically just against you, trying to poke mm. holes, make fun of you. And that, ha- that, that hasn't stopped. People still try. I'm, now I've been doing it for 18 years. I'm just a little, I'm, you know, yeah. not that, I'm not phased by it anymore. But um, a lot of other people aren't. They've been vegan one year, six months, two years, three years, and they're not used to that. They're in Oklahoma. They have no vegan friends. I wanted to kind of be that unvuncular vegan who's like, oh, you've gone vegan. Let me give you a big hug. Totally, yeah. Come on over to the channel. We've got All a community. Right. I've, I, I'm building a community that's part of a larger – the animal rights community is huge. Um, this little corner of it, I really want it to be just for vegans. Um, I ban a lot of people on my channel. People always say, well, how come your subscriber count is lower than the amount? Because my, my ratio is a little off. Yeah. <laughs> but it's intentional because yeah. I, I ban people who come out. You, you, if you're going to throw sand in the sandbox, get out of the sandbox. I don't want you in the sandbox. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's, it's more of a welcoming community. Think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I want it to be positive but sometimes we're talking about some dark stuff man yeah and so we try to keep it light and, and so i do like um i do a vegan affirmation every day it's cool. a live stream yeah. i do a uh 
a, a vegan word of the day for activists to incorporate in their activism. We talk about history. I think it's so important because people tend to think that this is new. It's not a new idea that animals have rights, that nothing changes. BS, you're just young. You think nothing changes. Things have changed. Look at history. Yeah. A tremendous change has occurred. Even in my lifetime, so much has happened. Yeah. So much change. And we tend to think like what we're doing won't make a difference. Nothing ever changes. BS, man. We are things, huge things are happening. Yeah, right. You know, that, and, and you can affect that change. Yeah. And be part of making the world a better place. And, and it's so important to put those things in perspective. So that's what I try to do with my YouTube channel. And um, what, what, what I find when it comes to media is uh, don't, don't, don't believe the hype and also don't believe the trolls, you know. Yeah. Don't, try not to hear the cheers. Try not to hear the hate. Don't, don't hear the boos. Don't hear the cheers, you know. Yeah, def it's a good way to stay grounded too, right? To kind of take some of the criticisms but also be able to – I think the welcoming conversations is really where it's at, you know, um, conversations like this and – yeah, I mean, one, one thing I was curious about, a little off topic, but what kind of stuff do you like to play on the guitar? I play guitar, too. <laughs> you it's play it's guitar. in your bio, yeah. Um, do you, you, know, ever, you bring that into the YouTube channel? Or? A little bit, yeah. yeah. On, when I used to, So right now I'm on the road. I'm not doing my nighttime shows, but yeah. usually in the nighttime shows I'll play like uh, – I usually like to play uh, Revolution songs or, you know, uh, maybe some Woody Guthrie or something like that. I yeah. was in a punk band. Oh, cool. Um, I was in a punk band. We did pretty – we were like almost made it kind of punk band, right. you know? Like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, we were on the radio a little bit back in – Virginia and uh, it was good it was good it was the best thing I, it was so much fun but um, I'm not playing that type of music anymore so now it's just me and an acoustic guitar to yeah. keep my keep my skill level up right and, um, I, I, I like playing some songs that might may or may not have a a vegan message in there yeah. like sometimes accidentally sometimes I put them in you know totally but that's yeah. the folk tradition is to take songs and make them your own yeah and uh, I think America's kind of lost that a little bit like, yeah bringing back that folk man. I mean yeah. and I was just gonna say that revolutionary spirit you're talking about with veganism I think that totally can relate to punk rock and even folk rock too, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Moby made a movie called Vegan Punk Rock Movie. Have you seen it? No, it's I haven't so heard of it. If you yeah. love music, if you, if you love punk rock, or you're even curious about veganism, yeah. it goes through like the history starting with Crass, which was kind of like the first punk band that was doing uh, vegan messaging. And there's a huge... A huge uh, tradition of veganism and punk rock. Oh wow! Because cool. punk rock yeah. is about critical thinking. Yeah, it's about challenging the norm and the status quo. And when you do that, you're gonna get to animal rights. You're just gonna. Yeah, because, right. Yeah, that's why a lot of the Black Panthers, or even uh, Credit Scott King and um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s son, they both were vegan. Art, well, he's vegan. She's gone, but she was vegan. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of civil rights leaders yeah. uh, went vegan because they saw that that um, it was just unjust what right. we were doing. Yeah, well, well, I love it. And I know you got to get back to, you know, yeah, to what y'all are doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thank you so much for coming on. I really hope, I think students will really, you know, like think about these ideas more critically and, you know, look more into the animal testing that's happening on campus as well, you know, um, and take hopefully this revolutionary spirit to, to other topics as well, right? Because we can make a change and a difference. Um, yeah, so thanks about, so much for coming on. Yeah. yeah, it's about questioning authority, questioning, yeah. the, challenging the status quo. And if you're ever going to have the opportunity to do that, that's when you're in college is when you're supposed to be doing those things. Yeah, there's a time and a place for everything, and that place yes, is college, right? Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully, you take that with you to your career. You challenge the it, the worst the worst logical fallacy in the world is we've always done it this way. Yeah. And so that makes it okay. That's not the that's the worst way of thinking, and that's why 
when you're when you're leaving college and while you're in college, you're supposed to be questioning things. Well, how can we do how can we do better? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Peace. Thank you for listening to the interview that we did with Sky. Um, I thought it went really well. It was really cool and an issue that I didn't know a whole lot about. And so it was kind of like a waking up from the Matrix type of moment. I was watching the Matrix last night, so that's in my in the back of my head. Um, and we actually recorded that interview a couple days ago. And so now I'm, I'm joined here with Ben to do the panel. We've had a couple days to stew on this. Um, so I'm I'm stoked to jump into the to the panel that we do. Um, ben, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. How are you doing, Tamage? Good. Yeah. Good weekend. You know, did a tarot card reading and some climbing and uh, hung out with the fam. So um, good times all around. But yeah. what's new with you? How is the the game major going? The gaming major. Pretty good, you know. It's yeah. about time to register for classes for next semester. So That's today. That. Yeah. That will be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people have their registration open today, so it'll be going to get on there as soon as it's open to get your classes. On yeah. And if you are listening to this podcast after it has come out and you haven't registered, I'm so sorry because you are running a bit late. So maybe stop listening and register now. <laughs> um, is it the same for everyone? Because you and me are seniors, right? I mean, you're, yeah, like, but. Is it for junior, freshmen? But it Yeah. We're both third I think year. It, I think the less credits you have left to complete for your degree, the yeah. earlier you can register. That makes sense, yeah. I know registration opened like last Thursday or Friday. Oh. For, for most people that I know, it's they can't register until today. Okay. Um, but yeah. Okay, yeah. So I definitely got to get on that after we finish recording this. Um I think 1230 is the time. But anyways, um, in terms of our stories, do you want to make any announcements? There are some things that we're doing later down the road, but just things that are happening as of right now that you feel worth mentioning um, on the podcast? Um, well, I guess I would say look out for our collaborations with the IS office. Yes. We're planning on collaborating with them for International Education Week next week. It'll be the 13th to the 17th. There's going to be a few events, like a meeting with District Attorney Sam Gill. Um, there will be a STEM Learning Abroad panel mm. that I'm actually going to be speaking oh, in. Awesome. So yeah, I'll, I'll come through. That'll be awesome. If you awesome. have any questions yeah. about learning abroad and your. Um, I'm going to show up with 15 <laughs> questions. I'll be the annoying guy in the front. No, no that's worries. awesome. Yeah. When is this? It'll be again? Wednesday at th- at 3, I think. And it'll Wednesday be at three. Cool. in the Crocker Science Center. Yeah, 3 to oh, 4.30. Cool. That's a cool building. I like that building. Yeah. So, yeah, come to that. And then the 17th is the biggest event of the week. It'll be International Night from 6 to 9 p.m. Yes. You know, Come and share your your talents and come and watch yeah. some traditional dances and people yeah. wearing their traditional clothing. It'll be really fun. And everyone's invited, it sounds like. Yeah. It's a welcoming. And, well, I'm super stoked. I'm definitely going to go. Debbie, who's doing uh, our new podcast, um, which, yeah, like you were saying, like we're you know doing collaborations with the IISS office. Um you know, I know that she's really, you know, bringing people to this event. So I definitely want to go and I'm looking yeah. forward to it. You know, our stories is um, it's in a good era. You know, I'm feeling pretty <laughs> good about this, about about our organization. And um, 
Well, Ben, what were your thoughts on the interview with Sky? Yeah, I mean, I guess to open, I would say I've had um, kind of like neutral negative opinion of of PETA as an organization Mm -hmm. just in general because, um, you know, they are always kind of involved in like these controversy online and especially on social media. It's like, um, you know, people, they post like these really... um, interesting graphics usually mm-hmm. and um but at the same time it's you always see the the responses like well PETA has euthanized this many animals in the mm. last year or whatever yeah there are cr- so, a lot of I mean I haven't I haven't done a lot of like research to really know what like what it goes on behind yeah. PETA and like um I mean I think that they have a good um, good mission and um, I thought it was interesting I didn't know that they had this thing called PETA 2 like he was yeah. talking about like that has this goal of kind of spreading their ideology to like younger generations yeah definitely um, but yeah he was he was an interesting guy and yeah um, he did have some good things to say so. definitely yeah yeah I definitely um you know, I think that it was cool for me to hear more about, you know, the good sides of PETA. Because um, after I did the alien VR thing, I was, like, so intrigued. I was like, this is, like, really bizarre um, way to, like, market this. But, like, cool, too. Like, I'm, I'm like, a very um, open-minded kind of guy. So I was like, this is cool. But I did do a little bit of research, and... Um, there have been a lot of controversies over the years, definitely. And um, I encourage our listeners to look more into those. I think it's important, you know, um, because I think controversial things should be able to be talked about, um, you know, but I think that there's upsides and downsides. Even on the Wikipedia page, there's like a whole thing of like all their controversies. (laughs) So like, it's kind of (laughs) wild, but like, I don't know. It's, it's a cool way to attract messaging, I think, you know. Um, I, what's your experience been, though, with um, animal rights slash thinking about veganism slash thinking about animals throughout your life, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of like he was saying, like, raised in America, um, you're kind of taught, I mean, especially if your family is kind of more conservative even, it's like... Yeah. Like yeah, we we eat steak and we yeah. make hamburgers and definitely. Um, it's I mean even outside of America, it's seen as like this American thing to mm-hmm. like eat huge hamburgers and massive food and yeah. steak and everything. Like, um, yeah, I mean I've always grown up still kind of like just eating vegetables and meat. Like, yeah, especially if you're kind of from a. Um, more impoverished background like uh, obviously meat isn't like extremely cheap but it's it's really expensive to go on a, a diet of and be able to get like a sufficient amount of protein yeah from, like, definitely vegan diets I agree um, <clears throat> so yeah I mean I think as I've kind of grown up and been more educated it's kind of also uh, especially if you see any kind of movies or 
a media set mm. in the future. It's like you have like this fake meat and like yeah because um, I mean I guess it's projected that in the future we won't have kind of the room or the resources to mm. grow livestock. I mean even now like agriculture is kind of shrinking in America and like for um, sure yeah with climate change too even right like people are not going to always want to like live on a farm and raise animals in the future hypothetically so um you know it's kind of like we have to we do kind of have to think about moving away from um eating as much meat and as a country i think as we go into the future but there's also the issue of how much food that we waste in america Mm. yeah for sure so it's like maybe if we didn't waste so much food, then it wouldn't be so much of an issue. I mean, you look at like all these fast food restaurants, like how much meat are they yeah. processing and throwing away every day? Definitely. But, oh, I, I mean, totally agree. Yeah. PETA has some really strong imagery where they they try and show you like what it's like at like the slaughterhouses and stuff to be like, yeah. this is why you shouldn't eat meat. Like, oh, the, like it's so gross. For like, sure. There definitely are some things when you think about it, like... Um, like deli ham mm-hmm. it's just like this coagulated like slab of yeah. meat of different pigs and yeah like it's that's a good point when you when you think about it it's kind of gross and you're like do I do I want to eat that like, yeah but I mean people still will like even if they yeah it tastes so know prosciutto dude it's so <laughs> yummy <laughs> but uh, I don't think yeah it's hard to give up I think too you know um yeah I mean a lot of our food is based around that you know like yeah. restaurants and um i love going out to eat too so i think it's really well like you were saying though dude with like more um society or not even societies parts of our culture in the u.s that where people um you know don't have as much access to food um like you know like not everyone can go like to whole foods all the time you know what i mean like right. um yeah i guess they call them what do they call them food not food pantries, food um, deserts, right? Communities where the best option really is to go to like fast food, like McDonald's and like Taco Bell and like. Yeah. Um, Cause those and, can be cheaper than, yeah. than going out to like buy groceries sometimes. Yeah, they definitely can, yeah. And so it's kind of like, I don't know what the best option is. Um, it seems like some of those places like Burger King are trying to come out with like more vegan places vegan options rather and oh, um, yeah, like the impossible burgers and stuff there's a really funny <laughs> South Park episode about that but I recommend <laughs> our audience check out if they're into South Park super offensive show but um, <laughs> some people like it you know um, I think it's on like season 23 or something anyways um, do you feel like you would ever be interested in because I think we both agree that like factory farming has a lot of um aspects about it that are pretty awful to animals, pretty cruel to animals, right? Like how you were saying, like, these meats that are just, like, a bunch of different, um, you know, pigs. I guess another, like, recommendation I'll shoot out that's a little bit more, like, um, serious than South Park is, like, this documentary I watched recently called Earthlings. It's on YouTube for free, and Joaquin Phoenix narrates it, and that totally is, like, hitting cameras of what happens in slaughterhouses and, like... If there's something that actually makes me curious in veganism, aside from this conversation, um, or even vegetarianism, that documentary I definitely recommend to, to our audience. Um, 
But, you know, kind of going with that, right, this background information we have about animal cruelty, um, do you think, like, the small farm, like, little farm ever is is an appealing lifestyle to you? Like, these families that, like, have just a few animals, like some chickens in their backyard, um, that I feel like has been very romanticized in recent years. Is that something that would ever be appealing to you, would you say? Um... I mean, I I think maybe it did. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, it definitely has been kind of romanticized recently. Like, especially recently, I've known multiple people that have chickens in their backyard or whatever, like lay their own eggs. Um, which yeah. I think is is probably good. I mean, it's. I think that that kind of that kind of production of eggs is probably better than like the mass production, like the, the large factories and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think there are, there are a lot of problems that go along with kind of like that mass production of meat and um, animal byproducts. Um, I just saw a headline the other day that like, it was like either 20,000 or 200,000 pounds of chicken was recalled by Tyson. That's a like lot. Chicken manufacturer. Like, yeah. And so it's, it's like these these places are definitely probably like high probability areas of things like diseases spreading or mm, bacteria. Totally. Um, if the proper precautions aren't taken, and I mean meat is like super delicate in yeah how easy it is for it to become infected with like salmonella and other 100%. things like that. But um, yeah, I mean I think. It's kind of one thing that, that that happens in these kind of like post-apocalyptic media mm-hmm. too is like people kind of have to fend for themselves, like raise their own livestock. And yeah, I feel like sometimes we see that and we're like, oh wow, that'd be so nice to like have my own chicken to lay my own eggs and blah blah blah. Yeah, but totally. Like it's a lot of work. That, it is that like in the way that our society functions, like. People working in nine to five, they probably don't have time to actually take care of, you know, their own chickens in their backyard yeah. or whatever. Um, especially if they have a family, like they already have a ton of responsibilities totally. that they need to take care of. But that's a good point. Uh, I guess kind of a side quest question, but I'm curious if you have any favorite post-apocalyptic or sci-fi movies because I do think this totally relates to what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I would say my favorite is just, like, post-apocalyptic story is The Last of Us. Ooh, um, yeah. Not even going into, like, the characters and everything, just, like, the the world that they created and um, <coughs> I think the world of The Last of Us is just so fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah. That's one thing that I've talked about in some classes before is just, like, um, like why is the idea of, like, a post-apocalyptic world so fascinating to us? Like, um, like do we just hate people that much? Do we just wish that there was nobody else around? Like, we were just, yeah, <laughs> sure did, we were yeah. just living by ourselves. And, um, yeah. But there is an example of, like, a self-sufficient community in... The Last of Us. It's like it 
takes place in like Jackson, Wyoming, for oh, part of it. Cool. And it's just like this small community of people that even in the even after the zombie apocalypse, they they have power and they have um, community. Like they they grow their own food and. Um, yeah, that's really, really cool. Good. The TV show was really good too. I'll have to. I started the TV show, um, and I think I just got distracted with something else, as always. But I, I do really actually want to sit down and watch it because it seems even the video game seems super cool. Um, you know, it's, it's like it sounds like a really cool story and something that is has some level of scientific basis with like the cordyceps mushroom that like takes over people's brain and stuff, right? Yeah, that was interesting when the when the show came out and people were like, "Oh my god, could this actually happen?" Yeah, it's like, well, no, not really, but I mean, it is kind of yeah. based on like a real thing. <laughs> I take a lot of mushroom <laughs> supplements, so maybe that show will make me stop. Um, that's awesome. I really, I, don't, I should check that out. And I love video games too that have that like film kind of vibe to it. Talking right. about game major, right? Like, um, like Red Dead Redemption Two kind of had that vibe for me a little bit, you know. And mm-hmm. like, um, so I have to check that out. And and now, right? Like, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, it could be interesting to even interview someone who has interest or like. Um, you know, history and, like, a self-sufficient community. I'm like, oh, this is, like, maybe leading to something like that. Um, similar to how our Great Salt Lake episode, I feel like we could take that into a bunch of directions, right, um, of what right. to do next. But but I guess one other thing that I was curious about before we wrap up our panel um, was the animal testing. Um, you know, we talked about veganism and factory farming, um, but I think that another really important part of this puzzle to animal cruelty is the animal testing um, that PETA was bringing to my attention, at least. Um, I guess that you even experiments on uh, monkeys. I need to look more into, like, what kinds of monkeys, like, if it's chimpanzees or what, right? But, like, um, that to me was kind of horrifying. I was like, oh, wow. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that and ways that students can maybe organize against things like that. Um, if students feel strongly about something. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was also surprised because I didn't know that that you did that kind of, like, testing on, in general, or even just on animals. Yeah. But it makes sense considering we are a large research university. Um, Totally. And I guess, like you said, that they, they do have to legally disclose that they test on animals in order to get funding from whatever government organization or whatever. Like the NIH or something, yeah. But yeah, I think, honestly, there probably already is like a club on campus that um, is focused on like animal rights, considering we have like over 500 clubs here. Good point, yeah. Um, And I mean, if there isn't one, that is one way that students could kind of show the university that that's something that they would like to stand against or move away from. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really easy to start a club on campus. You just have to have three people. And that is like not a lot. A goal in mind, and you can start a club, um, get funding from ASUU. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I think it would be pretty difficult to kind of get them to stop doing that considering how much money is involved and everything. Yeah. And, how big um, like research is for the University of Utah, but um, I mean, all we can do as students is kind of show them like 
this is how we feel about an issue and yeah so if they get support then maybe something happens but yeah 100% yeah I think the clubs are sometimes a really cool way to go um, you know to organize and show what you're passionate about um, I think it's pronounced Mecca or maybe Mecha I know they're getting a lot of headlines for what their work on um, what's going on with Palestine and um you know, uh, things in support of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I definitely want to be more involved in clubs, though. You know, it's my last year, and, like, I think it is a really cool way to, like, stay involved with campus life. Um, and also, like, you know, I'm, like, also want to encourage our listeners to join, like, student media because, like, I've had a lot of fun with this, you know. <laughs> and, like, I know it's kind of, like, club slash internship kind of a thing, um, but it's a really cool way to go. Um yeah, so I encourage our audience, you know, to join student media and look more into animal testing on campus, um, as well as start clubs. But, but Ben, do you have any more thoughts that you want to, you know, let, to give our audience before we wrap this up? Um, I mean, I guess, kind of like you're saying, I mean, getting involved on campus can completely change your, your outlook on college and, um, I mean, it's college is like the last time before you have to kind of go into the workforce that you get to like network and make friends and yeah. try all these things, sometimes without consequences, yeah. sometimes with consequences. Definitely. But, um, I mean, it's, and it's such an easy way to get a good, like to just have a nice thing on your resume, like join a club go to a, like one meeting every other week or whatever yeah and, you know like join student media or any other work for a department on campus that yeah. you're interested in that um because that looks really good on a resume i think when definitely when you can see that like oh this person is involved in multiple things at once and they yeah still got a three point whatever gpa exactly like, yeah um yeah, I think it can it can completely kind of change just the way your experience feels compared from like I go to my classes and then I go home to like this campus is like a community and I have yeah. I have I feel like I belong with these people on campus. Totally. And, yes. Uh, well, yeah, we were talking about self-sufficient communities and um, I remember one time I was driving in my friend's car and his dad said something along the lines of like despite the issues that colleges have, like they're the closest thing to like a utopia we have. And I was like, whoa, like I never thought about that. And um, I don't know if it's true, like if I agree with it, but like it definitely is something interesting. So I agree with you. I'm very pro college and I'm super happy that I'm at the U. Um, and I'm super happy that we crushed um, whatever team we were going against. I don't even yeah, remember the names because we State. crushed them so bad. Arizona State. Yeah. <laughs> so sick. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the panel, Ben. And go Utes. Thank you for listening to Long Story Short, an Our Stories production. Stay tuned for more insightful and potentially life-changing interviews. Cheers. <laughs>